Welcome in to another exciting episode of the Talking Ball Y'all podcast. We get to do another playoff preview, which is always a blessing this time of the year when we have the Popperville Hornets and the Picnew Maroon Tide still getting after it. And both those teams won a week ago, so we're not going to put any funky gree on it. We're going to do the same exact thing <laughs> we did a week ago, and that will include Jason Baker, who's on the line, Ricky Whitaker sitting to the left of me tonight, and then Jeff Lysette over on the dials to my right. You'll hear from Jason Baker describing the Popperville Lawrence County matchup, and then we will talk to Bill Glenn, or more specifically, Ricky Glenn will have a chat with Bill Glenn that was recorded earlier this week. And then how we normally do it, Rick and I will kind of chop up what we heard from Mr. Bill and then also give our thoughts on how that Picayune Pascagoula ball game will fall out on Friday night. But you heard it. We'll talk to Jason Baker first. So welcome in, JB. Hey, Clay. Thank you for uh, having me. So glad to uh, get another opportunity to talk playoff Hornet football. As always, uh, just an awesome time in November when these games just tend to just amp up and mean more each and every week. Yeah, absolutely. And when you look at it, of course, the um, 4A classification a week ahead, if you will. So it's the third round of the 4A playoffs. Popperville going to take the show on the road, JB, and a pretty familiar opponent. Tell us what you kind of think uh, as you've had a chance to digest some of the numbers from their tailback and Mr. Hardy and, and look at this young man on tape. Yeah, I mean, Clay, when you when you anytime, first of all, that you see a staff and a team that goes on the road and defeats an undefeated team at a catcher attention. And then Ahmad Hardy is a guy, the tailback for the Cougars that did not play against the Hornets a year ago. And, you know, at, at certain times you, you think maybe that's a factor. Maybe it's not. I, I don't know. Like that they, they certainly got to be a confident bunch, right? Coming off what they did to McComb and, uh, really controlled that game. McComb opened up that ball game on the opening drive of the game, walked right down the field on them, put up points. Lawrence County responded, took the lead, really never gave the lead up until late in the fourth quarter, and then they basically went and got their lead and their win. And To me, when you hear of a team that, that goes on the road and performs like that, uh, it's going to catch your attention, and, and it certainly has the attention of the Popperville Hornets uh, at this point because, obviously, they're the team that stands between them and an opportunity to play for another South State championship, which, you know, the Hornets haven't been there in a couple of years and or in a year, um, and they certainly would love an opportunity to go back and, and get there and uh, get that opportunity. But right now, uh, the task at hand seems to be an awfully tall task, and it's and it's paced by a five foot eleven, two hundred and five pound back and a mod Hardy. Yeah, and the Hardy kid, you can correct me if I'm wrong. You've certainly done that before. We've worked so many times together. If you haven't, you've missed some great opportunities. But JB uh, and maybe Jeff too. It seems like we got to see him maybe as a freshman uh, back in one of these matchups would that been right uh certainly the name is certainly familiar to me and uh i know they came in and out of district but it seems like we did get to see him um two or three years ago i think it was uh two years ago as his sophomore season if you remember in that ball game 
Um, it was a Hornet-dominated game. And then late in the game against Lawrence County, they, they sub in their backups. Everybody's putting in their backups in a game that's already determined. And this guy hits the corner and turns the Jets on. And I remember at the moment when we were on the call for that, I think we kind of looked at each other and said, oh, like, where, where was he at? And, and he obviously hadn't been starting. They had another tailback in front of him that I think was really talented. Can't recall his name at the moment. But you just sort of knew that they had something in the wings and something special. And look, I mean, you look at his numbers. He's had exactly 200 carries for the year. He's averaging 11 yards per carry. So that's 2,261 yards of offense. And he has scored 27 touchdowns. That's the number to me that just pops off because more than 10% of his carries, and keep in mind that's two over a, a span of 200 carries, have gone for six points. And, you know, to me, that, that just literally on my chart, I have it labeled as explosive. Um, and so you just got to know at any point in time, you are susceptible to Ahmad Hardy changing that game. And I don't know that we'll feel comfortable or, or certainly I'll speak for myself. I don't know that I'll feel comfortable in Monticello on Friday night until the clock hits zero uh, in that ball game. And hopefully the Hornets are on top because when you've got a player of that dynamic, they're never out of it. I mean, you're talking, you know, I mean, heck, if they're down they're they're an onside kick, they're a touchdown and an onside kick and another handoff to him away from a 14 point swing. And that that's scary. Because you don't always face that in high school sports, right? You don't always face that back that, you know, has the ability every single time he touches it to, to take it the distance. And so what it really means is everyone has to do their job. And, and on the back end, you've really got to have great eye discipline in order to, if he springs one, and you're just going to go under the assumption that he can, then when he gets to that second into the third level, it's about having your eyes ready to get to the right angle to either get him out of bounds or get him on the ground. Um, and so there's there's some discipline there because what can happen is, you know, say you see him cutting in and popping through the hole and getting to the second level. If your eyes aren't right and understanding where you need to be essentially to run him to whether you use the, the boundary as your extra defender in that situation, if you take a poor angle, he's he's obviously got the speed that, that he can walk away from you. And that's that's the first thing that jumped out on tape to me was, now I will say he runs trying to hit home runs on every carry. So he's trying to bounce it outside and get to uh, sticks. Like that's his goal. I mean, he doesn't necessarily run with the mindset of, I'll take this six-yard carry or I'll take this seven-yard carry. He literally runs with the mindset of, I'm trying to score every single time I touch the football. Well, JB, you're not a big Facebook um, person, but, you know, oftentimes on our uh, way into work, we have these conversations. And, and many times I'll bring up that Mississippi High School sports page, that, that public group. Now, credit the founders and the starters of this page. It's, it's nearly 100,000 members <laughs> inside of this thing. And so uh, – Man, this guy became a meme um, late Friday night. The Macomb fans had popped off and had gotten so just wild with it over the last two or three weeks in this group. 
And so, man, they're posting, uh, they're posting this guy like he's running up. <laughs> I mean, they've got him in Memphis, and then they've got him in Minnesota. I mean, it is hilarious to watch what what this Hardy's kid, uh, what the memes that that inside of that page, it has been uh, phenomenal kind of to watch. But let's get back to the matchup. So. We're talking about the explosive running back and what what he is to handle. Coach DeWeese, we talked about him a week ago, and certainly your your broadcast team has highlighted it throughout the year. Really special touch that uh, JB and his crew have is that they get Coach DeWeese, the defensive quarter, right before um, the second half begins is when is when we normally hear from him inside of y'all's broadcast. So that's a tall task uh, for Coach DeWeese and. Uh, Aiden Dito and that crew defensively, does Popperville have the Jimmies and Joes to kind of put it together after that long bus trip over to, where is that, Monticello over that way? Yeah, you, you know, I, I'll say this, Clay, I'm not going to tell them they don't. Um, you know, the Hornets are a team that, uh, to me, just my opinion, probably played their best defensively sound football game a week ago against Forest County. Now, mind you, Forest County had no player of this caliber anywhere close on that field. Um, and they scored on gimmicks and tricks, and, and, and that was last week. This is going to be, you know, old school football, if you will. This is going to be line up and get ready. It's coming downhill. There's nothing fancy about them. They're, they're a wing tee concept team. They're not as disciplined to the wing tee as what the Hornets have been um, of late. Ricky could, could speak to this. They, they will look like what we kind of looked like in high school under Dodley in terms of pro sets with a wing. Um, Hardy does tend to pop out to the wing, and uh, you see him get trap carries and quickie carries that way. Um, when they bring him in motion, and, and certainly he's just the focal point of this offense. And so, yeah, you know, the, the Hornets, I'm not going to be the one to tell the Hornets they're not up to the task. Uh, Aiden Dito is going to be big. I think, you know, one thing that in, in I've had these conversations, and in my mind I've already begun to prep and, and be ready for this broadcast on Friday night. I'm going to tell you, man, the development of Nathan Brown – on this defensive line as a sophomore. He's a young man. He's big in stature, um, not necessarily in, in height, but just in his his weight and his ability to have these broad shoulders. He has a low center of gravity. He has been an anchor at the defensive tackle position, along with Mason Cuevas. I think those two guys are going to have maybe as big of roles Friday night as they have had all year and really a lot of it's got to do with them eating up the blocks to allow the linebacking core to run free to the football it's and like I said there's not a lot of gimmicks there's not a lot of motion there's not a lot of shifting they're not gonna they're not gonna line up in one formation and try to shift out of it so much that it, it drives you nuts to where you, you can't keep your eyes at home. Um, it's it's much more about let's break the huddle. Here's our tight end. Here's our wing. We're going to offset Hardy, and here we freaking come. And, you know, are you man enough to put your shoulder in there? I mean, what's he probably going to carry it? 35-plus times, I would think, on Friday night. 
you know, are you willing to stick your nose in there 35 times? I used to use this thing when we played in the wing tee offense with the Hornets, and this is what it's going to be on Friday nights. It's going to be helmets and hips. There's going to be a lot of helmets hitting a lot of hips, and they're going to be trying to move you, and you're going to be trying to move them. And, you know, I, I think certainly it it aids the Hornets because of the style of offense the Hornets are and face every day in practice because this isn't going to be some kind of uncommon tight football. But, you know, again, I think that the difficulty in it comes, are you willing to do it for four quarters? Are you willing to stick your nose in there against him? I mean, he's 205 pounds. Are you willing to stick your nose in there for two and a half plus hours on a Friday night, 35 plus times and engage the fullback and maintain outside leverage and, and attack with your inside shoulder. And if you are, then, you know, I, I think you're going to be there in the end with an opportunity to win this football game, frankly. And, and this is, I'm not trying to kick McComb mother down, but McComb looked like they wanted to tackle Ahmad Hardy about as much as I want to root canal tomorrow. They just weren't interested in running in there and, and maintaining outside leverage and attacking with their inside shoulder and attacking the point of attack. I hope, my hope is that the Poplarville Hornets have got 11 dudes and dogs on that defensive side that understand what the task is going to be. And it's a mindset to get off that bus and say, this is fixing to hurt. This is fixing to be tough. This will be sore in the morning, but I am not allowing them to win the point of attack. And it's going to be that kind of football game, in my opinion, for probably two and a half hours. Because as you well know, Clay, like the Hornets don't mask anything. <laughs> They're going to line up and say, here we come, right? And, and it's really that similar style of football. You know, Jason, and I had the privilege of – this past Friday and the Friday before, me and my son Ethan up there watching the Hornets, and you didn't get to see it a whole bunch against Lanier. Popperville took care of business first quarter, you know, and handled it. There was a running clock, and they, they did what they should have done in the first round of the playoffs, meeting last week against Forest County. And they always say the best offense is a good defense, but I'm going to flip it around. I think the best defense is a good offense. And I hit Ethan on the shoulder last week against Forest County, and I said now's the time for one of them Patton, Popperville Hornet, Coach Jay Beach, four or five-minute drives, take the ball down the field and score. And that's what they did to go up. And that, I think you're talking about defense, but I think that's what the Popperville Hornets need to do Friday night is go on one of them patting four- to five-minute, six-minute drives, move the ball down the field and keep Hardy on the sideline. The best defense is a good offense for Popperville. I agree, Jeff. It would be nice, but I'm going to tell you the factor – for the Popperville Hornets that probably negates that is Ty Keys and his ability to hit the home run up late. We sort of turned into, um, if you can go back to your time when you covered the Hornets, as you remember, people associate wing T with three yards in a cloud of dust. And, you know, the Popperville Hornets, I mean, yeah, we saw drives like that a lot and, and time and time again, but, Really, you saw just as many drives that were one, two, three plays cut across the green and outrun everybody to the pylon. And the Hornets have kind of gotten a little bit of that back with Ty Keys and his emergence. And so he certainly has the ability to turn what is a 12-yard gain into a 52-yard gain if you don't take the proper angle. 
But you're right, Jeff. You know, he doesn't play defense. He's he's not going to be over there working himself to death. He's going to be waiting on the sideline. And, you know, frankly, if the Hornets don't get in too big of a hurry and just go on one of those patented tight Popperville drives, you're right. And be the, the best defense. I will tell you, there were times last week that I felt McComb sort of got out of character trying to do just that, trying to milk the clock. And McComb has been a team that has been big play after big play all year with a a talented wide receiver in San Francisco, McGee, and they have tried to get big play after big play. And, you know, they kind of came out of their identity a little bit. And if you ask my opinion when watching the film, I think it cost them. And I think it probably cost them the game. I would think for the Hornets, while I agree with your point, Jeff, I think, yeah, it would be nice to work the drive 13-plus plays and and eat up five, six, seven minutes on the clock. I just want the Hornets to be the Hornets. Like, I I don't want them to try to do anything different or slow down or, or, or for that matter, I don't really want to speed up either. Like, I just want us to be who we are. And, you know, I, I hope we're good enough and I think we're good enough and – I certainly think that'll be the challenge. I don't think a lot of people thought the Hornets were good enough to be this far. And so, in my opinion, at this moment, you're playing with house money. They probably are, too, if we're honest. Uh, But you got two teams with not a whole lot to lose Friday night other than essentially their season stopping. Um, But, yeah, I I think it's a fair point, Jeff. I just ultimately of late, it's not really been that way. It's, you know, Ty Keyes has been that talented of a dude. Yeah, back in the day at Foxgate, if we were playing with house money, we certainly would put it all on the over. But that's a that's a different day and a different podcast all in and itself. JB, can you tell our listeners, man, where they can uh, find the broadcast with you, Rossi, and Zach? And, man, it's a special time, but them Popperville Hornet, they used to finding y'all on uh, this this time of the year, and they've been so good to the brand and, and to y'all's crew, the Listener numbers each and every week when I peek at it, man, are outstanding. So a special thanks to the Hornet Nation for tuning in. But tell them where to find you, JB. Yeah, the easiest place and the best place to catch us now is to download the Talking Ball Y'all app. Shout out to our developer, Sam Landrum. What a job he did in developing that app. We, I, I have had compliment after compliment after compliment. And uh, when you download the app, you pull the app up, you'll literally see – uh, all three county schools that we cover uh, logo mascots and you pick on the mascot of your choice and uh, we should be right there if you if you do it after 6 30 p.m on friday night it should be myself rossi creel and zach barrett on the call and uh, we'll be in monticello and, and ready and you know hopefully for one more magical friday night to set up what could be another magical friday night right and um Clay, you know this, it, it does not get lost on us, and I hope the people of Pearl River County that listen to this podcast truly appreciate the era of football that we are currently presently residing in because this doesn't happen all the time. There have been stretches of decades where you just didn't get these opportunities like what we have seen, and so cherish them, soak them up, be there, be present, and uh, certainly we hope you're, you're there present with headphones and ears or uh, tuning back in on Saturday morning with a hot cup of coffee, cherishing the calls and the memories that have been made 
uh, on those Friday nights. And, and just hopefully, hopefully there's, there's one more memory being made at least this Friday night for the Papa Bill Hornets. Absolutely. As usual, JB, we certainly appreciate your time, man. Have a great call on Friday night and good luck to our Popperville Hornets there on the road in Lawrence County. Now we'll hear from the voice of the Pascagoula Panthers, the longtime voice of the Pascagoula Panthers, as he took time earlier this week with Ricky Whitaker as Bill Glenn will give us his perspective on what he expects for the Picune Pascagoula matchup. Dungan Engineering is a unique force in problem solving in the state of Mississippi. They have offices in Brookhaven, Columbia, Picayune, and Macomb. Dungan Engineering has the capability to provide expansive and complex services to state agencies, local governments, utility providers, and national firms. They do this all while preserving the good neighbor attitude that allows them to be active members in the communities they serve. Their motto is service, strength, solutions. It's not just words, not just goals, and not just an outcome. Ready for faster internet and better service? Of course you are. And that's exactly what you'll get with Coast Connect. Coast Connect gives you blazing speed for faster downloads, streaming video, gaming, or working from home. And it's backed by top shelf service from local people you know and trust. Why wait? Get the speed you need with the service you deserve. Sign up today at coastconnect.com. Coast Connect, powered by Coast Electric. Joining us on the podcast today is the voice of the Pascagoula Panthers football team, Mr. Bill Glenn, who is in his 25th year on the call as a play-by-play guy for the Pascagoula Panthers football team. Uh, Pascagoula Panthers will be making the trip up to Lee Triplett Stadium on Friday night. Uh, where they will play the Picayune Maroon Tide in the second round of the playoff matchup. Mr. Bill, thank you again for your time this morning. Thanks for carving out some time to chat with us. Hey, Ricky, I'm so happy to be here. Pascagoula Picayune is always fun. Uh, you, you know, there's many times it's lopsided on y'all side. <laughs> uh, we we just want to try to make a good game of it Friday night. I, I think it's certainly going to be that, Mr. Bill. So, Mr. Bill, 25 years you've certainly seen a lot of good football and you know I kind of think about it like this you've got the lens of a of a fan you've got the lens of a coach and then right there somewhere in the middle is that lens of of a broadcaster probably one of the more unique lenses you kind of straddle the fence of both fan and coach a little bit with your perspective so in your 25 years of looking at Pasagula teams what's really stood out to you about this year's Panther football team well, you know, they're all special. And, and I'll tell you what else, Ricky, 25 years makes me feel really old. But i tell you what, it never gets old. I love watching kids mature from, you know, even the peewee days. You see them around town in the stores when they're 10 years old thinking, hey, this kid's going to be something. And then they're, they are something one day. And, and you watch them grow up. You know their parents. And, and it's all about community. And it's hard to pick a favorite team. You know, we went to the state championship in 2012. Uh, that was a very special team. We had a lot of tragedy on that team as well, as you probably know about. But, uh, you know, the thing about this team is they really seem to play for each other. You don't see a lot of people 
um, you know, getting disappointed that they didn't make the play or they didn't get the accolades or whatever. They're in each other's face, getting each other excited, picking each other up when they're down. And I think that's what makes it in high school football. You've got to have teamwork and brotherhood and bond. And a lot of that goes to Coach Lewis Sims and the coaching staff too. Um, but it really stands out this year. Yes, yeah, certainly – Good football teams uh, get far in the playoffs or advance in the playoffs because of great coaches. And Coach Lewis Sims is definitely one of those guys that I know in our area and probably across the state, a uh, very well-respected coach uh, in, in what he does. So, Bill, let's let's take a look at that first-round matchup with Hattiesburg uh, last week. Pasigula, of course, finishes as the, the number three seed in, in Region 4 and uh, Hattiesburg the number two in Region 3. Make the trip to Hattiesburg for a cat fight uh, with those guys. Physical up front on both sides of the football. Uber talented at the skill positions. That's kind of just the, the mantra for Hattiesburg. You always see that. And a 7-6 ball game kind of had a feel of, of an old 70s, 80s type high school football game where defense dominates. Tell me about the call for that game. I've never called a game like that in my life. I mean, of the 25 years, and if somebody wants to, call me and remind me of one I don't ever remember a game being a defensive battle like that that was entertaining a lot of times in a game like that it's sloppy bad penalties and we did have some penalties but the defense was awesome on both sides I mean we had just played a shootout with George County the week before we look we lose 43 40 and and going into the game I saw a lot of high scoring from Hattiesburg and their previous games i was calling a, a shootout again looking for another shootout it's all we talked about in the pregame and man and so pascagoula scores on the opening possession i mean they had third and four and then got back to back 10 uh, five yard penalties third and 14 and i'm like oh gosh here we go boom 80 yard slant pass touchdown on the opening drive and then we didn't score again the entire game and wow. still won i mean it's amazing if you think about it and uh came down to hattiesburg their uh their kicker is their running back um wade and he just pushed it right and um and that ended up being the difference but i said on the broadcast i said this is like a tennis match between the 30s it was just going back and forth. Nobody could crack into the red zone. I mean, it was truly amazing that that continued for four quarters like that. Um, you know, people, you know how these kicks are these days in high school. You never know what you're going to get on a kickoff these days. I mean, you know, people bounce these onside kicks. They do the, the pooch kick. They do the high pooch kick. And so you were getting all kinds of, of things like that. But, I mean, Hattiesburg only kicked off, you know, once i guess twice in the entire game um and uh so it was just interesting to sit there i'm glad i got to experience it because usually if you if you hear of a 7-6 game like i said earlier it's probably not the most entertaining game but it really was because there was intensity the intensity of it like you said 70s 80s definitely had that type of intensity that you know, one mistake could cost the whole game. And it really did with the missed extra point. Wow. Yeah, nothing quite like uh, high school football. And then you mix in playoff high school football. And you're talking about just ultra special time of year. So looking at this offense, uh, Bill, that, that the Panthers have, 1,900 through the air, 
1,700 uh, nearly on the ground. <clears throat> and I know it starts with Silas Quarter, your junior signal call, uh, caller. He's really the engine that makes this thing go. Speak a little bit about just Silas Quarter's progression through the year. He certainly seems to have caught fire, uh, completing nearly 60% of his passes. Very balanced and the skill guys around him. A couple of really good guys at the running back position. And when you look at the wide receiver group for Gula, boy, you can't really point one guy out. He seems to spread the ball around. He has matured so well uh, since he first started as quarterback last year as a sophomore. Um, he, What I notice about him is he – last year he kind of seemed like he kept his eyes and stared down one receiver. And um, it hurt him a lot of times. I mean, he threw some interceptions. But you know as well as I do, you got to go through all of that to become good. You know, you have to go through bad – choices bad decisions to to get to the good of what you're doing he's been through a lot of camps the past two summers and really now he's has progressed as the leader of the offense um you know i, I kind of uh you know that one game with, with y'all was a monsoon and it really was not ideal conditions for him he told me later he felt like he was throwing a shot put out there because the ball was so wet and you know how that gets the ball gets heavy and uh so take away that game he's really done well he's had some electrifying games where he's really lit it up um a couple weeks uh, the, the 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 game of before george county he threw you know five touchdowns he broke shane matthews all-time touchdown passing record which is a big deal at pascagoula yeah and um and, and that's what I'm – so uh, what it, the way he's progressed is – and the reason that those receivers are doing well is he throws through all of them. He doesn't have just one guy that he – which you see a lot in high school, you know, always going back to that one guy. He gets everybody involved, and we've got some speed on the outside. So if they get in the, if they get in the open area, just as um, he did on last Friday night, you know, they can go. Um, and then – you know, Coach Sims always has, you know, I won't say just like Pickigan, but we he always, you know, has two running backs and he'll they swap possessions. It's as simple as that. You'll have, uh, you know, Amari Jackson will be in, uh, and then um, he he's and he's a sophomore who's done very well. You have Cameron DeFlanders at the senior. You don't lose anything with either one of them in there. It's kind of like the Pickigan plug and play. I mean, you know. Your guy the other day at 320 yards against George County, I'm like, my goodness, he's not even really the main running back. Uh, so we have nightmares about that. But um, So overall, with all of that happening, it makes life easier for, for Silas. Um, and the other thing that I think he's progressed with is he understands the play calls. He knows where the ball needs to be thrown, and that's important when you're, when you're throwing the ball. Uh, in high schools to know where they're going and know where the receivers are. Um, and he's doing well at that. Yeah, Bill, you know, we were talking uh, earlier, uh, Clay Sweet and I this weekend, looking at some of these quarterback numbers, and they can be a little bit uh, deceiving at times because, you know, you can have a quarterback that puts the ball on the money and the receivers don't catch the ball, just don't catch it. High school receivers drop a lot of balls on, you know, on a normal night, but when you see a percentage like Silas's, that definitely tells us that he's got some guys that can go get the football. Yeah, there's actually, it's funny you say that. Uh, he was about to set the all-time Pascagoula touchdown 
record for touchdowns in a game and one of our guys dropped it (laughs) um so that would have been the record and then amari jackson on the next play ran it up the middle and and um you know amari jackson I, i can't talk enough about him he's a he's a sophomore but he's a big play type guy uh he got us going against george county even though we ended up losing that game he was a spark plug and um and between it, he and DeFlanders and Quarter, they have a good bond too, right there in that backfield. Um, but yeah, you're right. I mean, we have some receivers who stepped up this year: Brian Barnes, Darius Clark, and Chris Campbell. Those are the three main guys. Bruce Fryfogel has also caught some balls, so he he definitely likes to sling it around and get other get everybody he can involved. And Bill, turning to the defensive side, um, I know it was a heartbreaker. Uh, for the Pasigula group, as well as just football fans alike, like myself, to to be without the services of Jeffrey Rush, uh, one of your SEC commits. We know we we know what we get with Jalen Parnell. Got to see him play a little bit, and you you shared a pretty interesting story with me about covering Jalen Parnell's father. Uh, you've been doing this for a long time, but looking at the defensive side of the football uh, with the injury to Rush, who are some guys that, in your opinion, have not just stepped up, but really? stepped up and kind of exceeded your expectations on that defensive side. That's been a, a really solid group this year. Yeah. And that's where my going back to my original statement of, of a team playing together, you see a lot of these kids. Um, we do, we do some, we do, we'll do some corner blitzes and things like that. And you know, what, what, what I think we do well is, you know, they may not make the tackle, but they'll slow the guy down. And then the rest of the, of the team, will um, crash to the ball and make the tackle. And so um, the thing that I liked about, um, you know, Jaden Jaden Howard and um, um, Wyatt Henderson, Wyatt Henderson's basically playing where Jeffrey Rush would have. And the thing that they've done well, and you got to do this against Picayune, is, is, is what they've done well is stay home on the, on the defensive end side. They've got to do that. Um, it's uh it's um you know imperative that you do that against a team like picking that does so many traps and misdirections and end of rounds and you never know where the ball is and and that's the that's the thing picking does best um and then jared loper uh one of our defensive guys the other linebacker next to parnell that guy is a monster i mean he he we called it a pancake tackle last week. He got uh, Vance, the uh, Hattiesburg quarterback, got on top of his back, and he, they just went straight down like some kind of wrestling move. And I mean, this guy Goodness. Uh, is all over the field, too. Um, and then I like our D-backs. Our D-backs have speed. Tylen Wilson is a ball hawk. He's only a sophomore. Always seems to be around the ball. And then Jaden Webb is – is uh, I believe he's the one that ran the fumble back against Picking, um for like 97 yards and set a record that night. He's got a lot of speed. He runs back kicks and stuff too. And they're just an exciting bunch. I mean, last week, if you hold a team like Hattiesburg to six points that at home, I mean, the team was so frustrated last week. You could tell after the game they were so I'm talking about Hattiesburg. They were just so frustrated. They couldn't get anything going. And uh, it was a testament to the defensive side of the ball. I really love those kids. Bill, you already mentioned the the matchup earlier in the year 
uh, between Picayune and Pascagoula. Uh, you refer to it as the monsoon game. We've we've used that same terminology to describe the game. You know, rain's been hard to find in South Mississippi this year. And I'll tell you, man, about midway through the first quarter of that ball game, I started looking for animals to start lining up two by two. I mean, it was just insane. Uh, we had a guy, uh, Jeremy Shesby, who's who's joined us on the, the sideline this year. That was his first game on the sideline for us. And, oh, wow. and he, he hung in there and took it. I mean, we had to ring him out after the game, but he hung in there and took it pretty well. But kind of a an anomaly situation. Uh, I know that that definitely played to the strengths of Picayune running the football and made it very difficult. You described some of the – the situations that uh, Silas Quarter had with throwing the football as wet as it was, we could see that uh, from our vantage point. But really hard to, to take a lot away from a game like that with those weather conditions. The one thing we do know is that um, you scratch all that for the playoffs and you look at this matchup this week, this is the third time that uh, we've played each other in the second round of the playoffs. Matter of fact, our only playoff matchups have been in the second round, and I know – both schools will probably go back to one of those matchups where a lopsided victory uh, in the regular season by Picayune uh, didn't matter. Uh, they they played uh, Pascagoula in the second round, and Pascagoula was able to win that football game. So what do you expect to see between these two clubs on Friday night? Well, and I know one of the seasons you're talking about, we had the infamous, as I like to say, ceasefire game uh, in Pascagoula. We had 8,000 people there. And uh, y'all blew the doors off of us. And then, you know, we host y'all in the playoffs where there was maybe a thousand people or two thousand. And and we win that one by seven. Uh, But you never know what you're going to get with these two teams. I mean, going back to uh, Dodd Lee and Coach Sims, you know, there was no love loss. Let's just be honest. Uh, You know, I remember – so one time I think we called like a double reverse on a punt or something. I was like, okay, this is ridiculous, man. Let's, let's just play football. But uh, it's always fun when those two get together. And, and, you know, me being the Pascagoula announcer, you know, I had to pretty much say, hey, just erase this game off your memory of the season. It poured down rain. We couldn't get anything going. And it all started on like the second snap of our first offensive possession we fumble it, and y'all recover, and you know, and then the rest is history. And I was just like, okay. And then some of the passing that was going on, you could tell the ball was heavy. And like I said, he told me it felt like he was throwing a shot put out there all night. And so it's hard when you are an offense that relies on throwing and running, and, and it's it's raining like that. And hats off to your sideline reporter, by the way. I could not have imagined. I'm just, I'm thinking of it in my head right now. I remember looking down and seeing puddles on that field, and that field drains so well, and seeing puddles out there and thinking that guy was out there on the sidelines, that's brutal. Uh, Talk about trial by fire, I mean, goodness. But uh, So what I was saying was, you know, just kind of throw that out, in our opinion, and I'm sure that's what Coach is preaching this week, and probably preach it the next week after um, we played them. Uh, you know, the next game that we had, I think it was at Long Beach, you know, we got back to it right then and we were able to play our game. So hopefully the elements allow us to do that Friday, but I'm sure we're going to see something. I mean, you know, y'all are back-to-back defending state champions. I know that Sims will use that as part of his teachings this week. 
when playoff comes, you never know what's going to happen. I always pull for the best. I just hope it's a great game where no one's injured and things like that. It's going to be tough for Pascagoula, uh, but I know that the seniors and everyone else is going to be, you know, putting everything they have into this game Friday night, and they're going to be remembering that last game, rain or not, uh, and they're going to want to end on a better note. Um, you know, and so let's just hope, like I said, it's a, it's a good contest. And I'm sure you looking back in the history, Pascagoula picking, uh, you know, it's going to be a good one. I mean, look at all the teams that lost in seven, eight ranks on the coast. This, this one's standing out now, you know, with the same region. Here we are playing second round again. I, I just don't think you can get any better than that. You certainly can. And, and you know, Regardless uh, of Friday night, you know you're one of eight teams available uh, still with a chance to play games here um, in in six A, and that's a that's a great place to be. Well, Bill, again, man, I appreciate your time. And if you want to catch Bill and his uh, color guy Tommy Dorsey, they do a great job. You can catch them on WPMO and also on the TuneIn app. And uh, Bill, we can't wait for Friday night. Me either, Ricky. I appreciate you letting me be on your podcast. Y'all do a great job as well, and um, that's what it's all about. I mean, when it comes down to it, I pull for the coast teams. You know, when it comes to the playoffs, we've had haven't had the best luck over the years, other than picking. Uh, so, but you know, no matter what, I pull for y'all when you're not playing us. No matter what, some somebody like Curtis Rockwell might say. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, us but, too, uh, us too, Bill. We 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 always pull for the coast teams. Well, Bill, I appreciate it, man. Look forward to to uh, meeting you on, in person on Friday night, and you guys uh, travel safe. All right, sounds great. Appreciate it. Are you looking for a neighborhood cruiser, a cart to get you from green to green, or just a fun campground buggy? Then come visit the friendly staff at Bayou Buggies in Poplarville. We've got just about any cart to fit your needs. We can even custom build the cart of your dreams. Come see the guys who know golf carts because golf carts is all we do. Give us a call today at 601-746-9814. Visit us online at BayouBuggies.com or stop by our showroom at 1722 South Main Street in Poplarville. Bayou Buggies, a proud sponsor of the Talking Ball Y'all broadcast of high school sports in Pearl River County. Healthy pets, happy people, exceptional medicine, compassionate care. That's our motto at the Animal Health Clinic in Picayune. Located at 500 Kelly Road, we are equipped with the latest veterinary technology and provide a full menu of animal health services, including after-hours emergencies. Dr. Alan Smith invites you to join our clinic family by checking out our website at ahcpicayune.com or calling us at 601-799-1300. It feels good to buy local. Whether you're supporting your community's small businesses, family-owned restaurants, or Farm Bureau Insurance, the local agents at Farm Bureau Insurance are dedicated to always helping you protect what's important. Farm Bureau Insurance is headquartered right here in Mississippi with local agents in your community. If you're shopping for car, home, or life insurance in the Popleville area, call Kate Amaker at 601-795-4585. Or, if you're in the Picayune Carrier area, call Robert Hester, Lane Kazan, or me, Ross Gilbo, at 601-798-2861. And go with the home team. 
Mississippi Farm Bureau Casualty, Southern Farm Bureau Life Insurance Company, Jackson, Mississippi. How do you unwind? Whether it's hunting, riding horses, or just sitting around a campfire, it's better on land you own. Southern Ag Credit can finance that land. Give our Gulf Port office a call at 228-832-5582 or visit us online at southernagcredit.com. All right, Slick, it's always, man, I say this each and every week, but it's always so cool for me to uh, get to hear you with um, the opposing side, if you will, whether it be a broadcaster or a coach. And, man, I'll just say your questioning has come, like, not that it was bad at the beginning, uh, but maturing, listening uh, to you become a, a better interviewer is awesome, too, man. Like, you take such pride in everything you do. I think our listeners, uh, they, they tell me, you know, Rick is so good. And, man, just the, the way that you dive into your question, I think Bill really ap- appreciated you being so prepared to to interview him. So, first of all, Thank you to you and thank you to Bill Glenn for taking time to do that. What a wealth of knowledge, man. And and so let's dive into kind of some of the key points, Rick, that you may have heard from him inside of that interview. Well, Clay, I think he, he was pretty obvious for him that it's going to be a, a tall task for Pascagoula. I think he was aware of that. But I think had I not brought it up that he would have probably brought up the fact that a lot of these regular season matchups don't matter when when these two teams play each other because the playoffs are always different. He knew exactly that year where we had really ran the table, and then Dave did a good job of bringing that up in our our post-game podcast after the game last Friday night because, look, that was a team coming off a state championship and uh, just annihilated Pascagoula in front of a lot of people and then had to go back there in the second round and got beat. So, we have to be aware of that for sure, and uh, Bill was certainly aware of that. But, yeah, 25 years of covering uh, a team, you know, I mentioned it on the air. We talked about it off the air, but anytime you get to cover a kid and then you remember covering his father when he plays, you've been doing it for a long time. Yeah, that was a 2012 edition of the Panthers. They were the Pearl River uh, County state champs, if you will. Yep. They took care of uh, Picune and Pearl River Central on the way to take on Startville in that state title. Will Colmeyer, a good friend of mine, a guy that I've had a chance to call some Southern Miss broadcast. Will was actually on the call. I traded a few texts with him. He was on the call for that state title. And so such a, a small world, but – Rick, when we look at last week's performance from the Tide, and normally I don't bring up kind of last week's too much, but it does have hints and kind of ties to what you could potentially see this Friday. It's not what we want to see, but it's it's got that potential because the players, there, it's not lost on them that that was a very lopsided. I mean, we hung a 50-piece on them, and – we knew this past week we weren't going to get a great opponent um, who came in and played really hard, played like it was a playoff game. In Cody's post-game interview, I think he he said it, hey, we didn't match their intensity. Um, the players have to get over themselves and what they were able to do on the road in that first matchup and have to come in very locked in because I think you've already said it to me a couple times off the air we both believe we'll see a different Pascagoula team. The Panthers will be a different squad 
when they step into Lee Triplett Stadium on Friday night. Certainly will, Clay. And what's, what jumps out to me about that that matchup is, yeah, I mean, it was a 51-14 to 14 ball game. I know it was a, just pouring rain. But we moved the ball pretty well, but, but we talked about it. There were times when we got in the red zone that they, they would really lock down a little bit on defense, and they made it tough uh, once we got inside the red zone. So this is a defense – that's that's got a lot of size. They're a, they're a big defense, and and I think they're a team. Clay, when you look at some of the numbers for them, they really decided after that rain game. Hey, we gotta we can't be in a situation where we're throwing the football three and out, uh, or as Bill said, trying to throw a shot put because it's soaking wet. We got to be able to run the football, and they've certainly done that. You've seen the sophomore Amari Jackson. He'll be wearing number ten for them. He leads the backfield in rushes. He's got 126 carries, 844, eight touchdowns about 6.7 yards per carry. And then Cameron DeFlanders, he's the senior, a little bit bigger at 5'11", 185. But we've really seen Amari Jackson start to work in a little bit more. He's the more athletic of the two, but they've been putting it in his belly a lot. So I think we'll see that. And when you look to Clay, you know, these these numbers, uh, we talked about this a little bit. You know, Pascagoula's body of work for district play, it was a lot of back-and-forth games. And when you got back-and-forth games, you're getting a lot of possessions on both sides of the ball. And I think that can be a little bit deceiving, too. But Pascagoula's defense, as good as they've been, they gave up an average of 35 points per game through district opponents. Pick you an average 14, but like we talked about, we got the full body work to look at now. Really, we could say that 14 points were scored on our starting defense in district play, and that was the two big plays by Deuce. That's it. Everything else was special teams or against our twos. So this defense has been absolutely dominant because when you take that number, you've talked about Wes Jones and their defense. We're, we're in single digits across district play with what our starting group's given up. Yeah, and on the front end of that question, Rick, I guess I was insinuating, hey, we didn't play with intensity and fire no. in the first half. Uh, when I got home, you know, my dad and uh, E normally beat me home by a good margin. I left the – I'm fighting a dental thing here, and um, anyway, y'all did a post-game podcast solo, and so I actually beat Easton uh, to go to bed. I, I was able to have a conversation with him, and, you, and I, he always asked, what'd you think, Dad? And I said, well, I kind of thought we slept walked through the first half, and he said, well, that's not fair to the defense, and he kind of put me on the heels because it wasn't. I, I really thought that Amarion, Monte, I really thought that group played with the locked in, what did Cody say a few weeks in, the locked in in this that, yep. that we needed? I thought that group really brought it. And so maybe bits and pieces of, of the broadcast, I was a little tough as I kept grouping all of it together because it is a, a, a team sport. But the opening kickoff from a week ago is a return to what the 15. Yep. Picayune doesn't allow points, doesn't allow points in the first half. Really very few total yards. So defensively, Rick, if Pascagoula says, hey, we're, we're going to run the football, like we're, that's what we're going to try to do, I like our chances still. Yep. Like our 11, I really love, especially against the run. Absolutely. I, I like our chances in a ball game like that, and I think they'll be balanced. They've, they've been somewhere around 1,900 and 1,700 on the ground, so been, been trying to be a little bit more balanced. But you're absolutely right. We came out because we have to look at this as a team effort on both sides. We came out flat. There's no doubt about it. You, you mentioned sleepwalking a little bit. I think that's a fair one as well. But, again, letting a team hang around, this is going to be a team that's that, that's a lot better than the Forest Hill team that we played last week who I think is going to be a pretty good team next year that has grown, as we talked about. But 
we got to come out with that intensity. This has got to be a second-round playoff feel uh, at Lee Triplett Stadium. This is going to be a good one to come out to. I think Pascal is going to travel well also. So we got to come out and start really, really well on offense. And it's those small things, right? It's, it's those focus things, again, that, that Coach Stogner mentioned several weeks back. When you're jumping off sides, when you're you know, pre-snap, when you're not connected. I mean, Brady was 0 for 8. Some of those balls, as you mentioned, probably could have been thrown a little bit better, but some hit players right in the hands. That's focus stuff. you got to come out focusing on offense. You don't want to put it all on your defense. Yeah, and I think even the big returns of focus and effort um, type thing, when you've got the 11, we're going to get out there to try to uh, put to make sure you don't return the football. You certainly don't expect the start of the game to go that way. I don't see, I don't think uh, we saw one of their weapons in number five. That's uh, May. He's listed at 5'10, 175. He's got five touchdowns. He's got 17 catches. They, they call him Big Play May. Uh, when we saw Coach Sims on his coach's show, I believe that's what he referred to him as. I don't think we saw him a lot, if at all, in the first matchup. He doesn't have a ton of catches, but that's a good ratio. That's almost every three times he touches it, he's scoring with the football. I thought Bill Glenn, the voice of Pascagoula with you, did a good job of explaining how this quarterback has matured and all of the weapons. Slick, if we shut down the run game, it doesn't call for a monsoon. That's what we saw quarter have to throw the ball through. He's a better quarterback than what we saw in the first matchup. He, he, he certainly is, Clay. And some of those receivers that he's starting to get more involved as the seasons went, uh, Bruce Freifroak was another one of those kids who didn't have a lot of catches. I don't know if he had a ball thrown his way in that game, but he's got five touchdowns. And then Darius Carter, he leads the group with 457 and six touchdowns. And he's got the biggest average per catch at 32.6. So him and Christian Campbell have led this group. But it's going to be a lot of plays where you look at the average average pass attempt is 12 to 15 yards. So he's throwing a lot of those short routes, which, again, if we're playing off a little bit, it's as good as a, as, as good as a run play, right? When you got coverage that's a little bit softer and you can dump it over and trust him to catch the ball, maybe make a guy miss. So I think we'll see a good mix of that, but I, I do think that they're, they're going to be looking to come to the ground a lot more in this game. And when you look at if they do uh, try to stay balanced and then defense just doesn't let them, I think that's what will be is will the defense give up enough rushing yards that allows Pascagoula to stay balanced because if Picune gets you in a second and third and and what I'll deem and what is kind of being popular to say a known passing situation, you look at Monte Waller, he's got 21 hurries on the year. You pair that with nine sacks. You look at big J.B. Dunk McWilliams. He's got 16 hurries, and those hurries are causing some bad footballs to be thrown. Then you've got Nike back there with two picks. Tyler King has two picks. We're starting to turn you over a bit in the secondary. Parker's got an interception. McGee's got one. Cooper's got one. And then C.J.'s got one as well defensively. So a hurried ball out of the foot – out of the hand of Silas Quarter could go the other way for the Tide. It, it, it certainly could, Clay. And, and, again, it goes back to really our offense putting the, the defense in a good position uh, to be able to to put points on the board. You want a team like Pasigula to chase you. You want to try to make them one-dimensional. If the running game's there and then he can do some play-action stuff, you know, he's going to be operating out of that spread – pull it out the belly, hit a, hit a quick slant, something like that, it makes him a lot more comfortable. But if we're up a couple scores and they've got to chase us, those hurries and those INTs 
th- that you mentioned, they'll they'll certainly have some opportunities to do that defensively. It's so easy as a broadcaster to pile up the drama and and the stakes for third down. That's an easy down to do that. But I think what we're discussing here is how pivotal first down will be, especially for Pascagoula, for Picayune as well. But Pascagoula, when they possess the football, first down is going to be a big down for them. It, it's going to be a huge down for them. And, and what they don't want to do is go three and out. And I think that we've, we've shown at times, I think George County was a good example of it, we get a good uh, a couple of good big stops on the run game, and they go away from it completely. And I think that was a bad move for them. I think pushing Pasigula to do that, look, if they're getting stopped for losses on first down, they may they may want to change things a little bit. And I think that, that definitely plays in our favor. Yeah, if you're quarter and it becomes second and 15, you're going to feel like you're playing in a freeway because those bookends and that middle pressure is going to be um, tough to compete with. Let's look at Picune offensively, Rick, against this Pascagoula defense. You look at it, Picune with the weather, man. It it was tough, but Picune's offense is built for cold weather, is built for monsoon, is built for November football, and that's exactly what Picune was able to do. Was uh, I really think Picune went into the Pascagoula game, if you kind of think about the way the year played out, I think Picune wanted to throw it more that week and still did it at times, but that rushing game was special. The special teams was special. It was one of Picune's better played football games. There's no doubt about that. No, it, it, it certainly was, and you mentioned it, Clay. It, it's, a, it's a really good analogy. You know, it's like those all-weather mats you buy for your vehicle, yeah. whether you got snow on you, dirt on you, you got wet feet, you can put your feet on it, and that's kind of how this offense operates. And I look for Pasigula to really load up even more than the last time we played them, load that box up, and again – that opens up opportunities for quick hitters in the passing game, but it also allows a guy like CD6, uh, potentially Darrell or even Nike to bust one when you got that many people on the line of scrimmage. And, you know, everyone wants to have an offense that can attack you, but not everyone's defense can take it. And Picayune can sure dish it out offensively and wear you down. Uh, we've done a great job of that all year, and I think that we'll try to continue that on Friday night. We try to give our listeners that 1,000-yard uh, mark kind of uh, we've started talking about it, I guess, four or five weeks ago when Nike exploded. When he put up 320, it kind of puts you in a mindset of, man, are three of these guys going to get to the 1,000-yard mark? Just an update on that. Darrell Smith's going to walk into the ball game on Friday night at 977. Nike will roll in with 946, and then CD6 at 855. So that 1,000-yard mark. You're hoping if you're a Maroon Tide fan that there's still three ball games to play. I don't think any of that's out of reach to be discussing. And that's super special. I you know, to it's when you look at picking football through the years, it's been a bell cow. It's been one dude who's really been able to to put up those types of yardage to Spread it out amongst three guys would be uh, special, would say a lot about uh, those three gentlemen, would say a lot about the offensive line, the fullback, and the quarterback position. But, Rick, you mentioned something, and I guess I'll go back to it. If they are able to change those numbers in the box, we have to be able to throw the football. And last week, I I used the the term, it looked like earlier this week we were talking, it looked like a – 
Space Jam's movie where the Monstars came yep. and just stole our bodily functions out wide yep. at times last yep. week. I mean, there was five balls where I'm like, what in the world are we doing? Just looked incredible at the point of the football getting to our wide receiver group. They have to play better. Brady's got to give them balls to compete on. But there's going to be a time where that wide receiver group and and, and – they're entrusted to make plays because somebody has sold out and said, hey, we're going to put 10 helmets in a box and somebody out wide is going to have to beat us. Certainly, and it could be this week, Clay, because when you look at these guys, we talked about it the first matchup. Uh, Jared Loper, 111 tackles, and, and, and Jalen Parnell, he's the other three-star guy, linebacker, wears number 35. Loper wears number seven. Um, Parnell's got 107 tackles. Those guys look like those old throwback linebackers. They're big guys. They're built to play the run. You don't see them drop in coverage a whole lot. I think that they're going to say, look, we're going we're gonna to try to do everything we can to stop this running game, and we're going to make seven throw it uh, at times to beat us. And, again, you got to have trust in guys that catch the football in those situations. And as guys with uh, short initials in B.J. Ducree or Dunk, and, you know, when you look at Mac Williams and what he potentially could do, J.B. and B.J. could play a big – fast at getting down those seams and, and making a play in this one. It's so fun to talk about football, and we have the privilege to uh, follow a team this deep into the year. Um, always a blast. We would implore you to tune in with us, uh, but I'd almost rather you do it later. Hey, catch the replay. Be there. Um, I'll say this. As much as the team slept walk, so did a lot of bodies uh, there at Lee Triplett. It was not the same atmosphere, the same environment. And some of that had to do with the play. It wasn't as packed. The weather kind of plagued our, our crowd. So we would tell listeners, hey, catch us on a replay. Get out to Lee Triplett. The kids certainly deserve it. Uh, the program kind of feeds off of, of that energy that's provided on that home side. It should be a special uh, Friday night. Picune and Pascagoula, two blue bloods and in a place in a setting like Lee Triplett should have a special uh, feel on Friday night. But if you are going to listen to us, download uh, the free Talking Ball Y'all app. It's both in the Apple Store and the Google Play Store. We'll have Picayune football. You've already heard we'll have Popperville football for you can kind of toggle pretty easily now in between those two ball games inside of the app. And Slick, I can't wait to call another one with you. It's going to be a blast, Clay. And I'll, I'll kind of echo what you said again and, and give you a, a different perspective, even for our listeners. You know, you and I, a couple old guys, we know we got to take care of our bodies. But you walk into a gym, and if they're playing classical music, it's dimly lit, and there ain't but three people in there, you're probably not going to get the best workout. So you can say, well, yeah, but you know to take care of your body. You have to do that. Yeah, but it's a whole lot better when you got a, a whole bunch of people in there cheering you on. You, you end up doing some things that you typically wouldn't do. So that 12th man feel for Lee Triple Stadium is important. Don't underestimate that. Yeah, and this group earned it. They earned it with big wins on the road at Pascagoula, big wins on the road at Loosedale. And so this group has earned the right to be able to play this game at home. And so let's reward that effort and, and make it a special feel there on Friday night. Our Mossy of Picune pregame show will begin at 6.30. That's the next time uh, that we will hear from you. But we appreciate our sponsors and our listeners. We appreciate Jeff Lysette putting it Another great episode together.